This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Friday Rock Radio UK people or if you've chosen the Podbean route happy insert day here uh, no hurrying back from my firm's do this week although I should really have been up at the lounge to see the role models but uh, it's an arsehole of venue to get to for us South Londoners and I'm not mad on one of the support bands so I gave it a miss the squirrel on the other paw I'm sure managed to drag herself away from the crowbar once again I noticed only one mistake on last week's episode see I'm getting better actually uh, a massive mistake was brought to my attention by Sean from The Professor and the Madman. For the uh, last 10 years, my email sign-off has been missing a word. It should read, The Paranoid School Rock Show, where we play music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Except I'd missed out the word don't. And I wonder why Planet Rock haven't snapped me up. Uh, this becomes even more hilarious later on in the show. Anyway... Back to the mistake on last week's show. When I was talking about the idle dead, I inadvertently called them the dead identities. I said it so quickly, you probably missed it. If you didn't, I'm wondering why and how I got confused. Easy. No, it wasn't the half bottle of Jameson's that I consumed or the sheer amount of food I've eaten. Worryingly, the half bottle of Jameson's wasn't sufficient to get me pissed. Which, thinking about it, uh, is probably a good thing, as being drunk at a firm's do is never a good idea. No, the... Uh, Dead Identities guitarist Keith, who can now be found plying his trade in the fiascos, was working the door on Saturday's Croydon Rocks Festival, so I accidentally mixed up the band's names. The Dead Identities, to date, have only released two albums. Uh, music for The Waiting Room and Bad Caps and Heart Attacks, along with the We Are Connected single, and the covers for Christmas EP that doesn't actually contain any Christmas-related songs, from which this tune has been taken. <laughs> Turns 
I was asked this week, as is my wont as an audio historian, to record all the gigs I attend, why I don't air them on the show as I used to. Well, the answer is twofold, really. Uh, even if the bands are playing on top form, I'm only recording them on a cigarette lighter-sized digital recorder with Nerdy Wells chatting and jostling for position. It's never going to sound as good as actually being there. Having said that, though, three of my recordings have actually been officially released. The Hit Priests, the Chuck Norris Experience and the Black Bombers, all of which I am very proud of. However, a whole show dedicated to one band with less than great sound quality doesn't really do anyone any favours. I might slip in the odd track here and there if someone's special guests or it's an unusual, never-before-played song. But apart from that, you know, you know, there's always YouTube for the die-hard fan. I don't know whether it's because uh, I've got live recordings on the uh, my one-track mind, but there seems to have been a plethora of official live releases over the last month or so. So I thought I might as well investigate them and some classic live albums from the past. First up, it's Iron Maiden and their Book of Souls live chapter opus. Long-time listeners are aware uh, that for me, the first two albums are where it's at. And Power Slave was the last consistent Iron Maiden album. Somewhere in time, and a good, you know, couple of good tracks. And even though uh, 2015's The Book of Souls itself was head and shoulders above the final frontier, one other one to listen to some Maiden, it's the first five albums that I reach for. Uh, but this isn't just exclusive to Maiden. It's the same with other heritage bands. ACDC, anything up to Flick of the Switch. And for Metallica, it's just the Cliff Burton Records. Obviously... Book of Souls, live chapter, does what it says on the tin. It's a live representation of the tour to support said album. 15 tracks are spread over two CDs with the best recorded at different venues from around the world. It's a great snapshot of this period of Iron Maiden's journey. But I found myself wanting to hear the old stuff. Uh, out of the seven, yes, seven live albums that Iron Maiden have released, the one that does it for me is Life After Death. It's a shame the whole of the uh, Paul Diano era Live at the Rainbow gig was never fully released. From Book of Souls, live chapter, this is Rothschild.
February this year saw the end of Black Sabbath as a touring entity, with the final gig in Birmingham being recorded as the just-released The End Live. When the tour reached the O2 in London, I didn't go. Two reasons. Price and no Bill Ward. I was lucky enough to see the original four play the Astoria in London at the end of 1999, and I felt I had no incentive to see them again. Something I didn't know was that Adam Wakeman, son of Rick, played keyboards and rhythm guitar, yeah, rhythm guitar, on this tour. As you'd expect, all the classic Aussie-era songs are aired, uh, but nothing from their last album, 13. They do sound just as forceful as they did when they were originally released. <laughs>
It's a shame that there's no symptom of the universe. Well, I guess if you're Black Sabbath, you can't play everything. If I was them, I would have sneaked in something from Forbidden with iced tea coming on, just to mess with people's heads. Popping over to Scandinavia now for Crash Diet's live in Sleaze album, which was recorded in 2005, just a couple of months before vocalist Dave Leppard passed away. Looking back, 12 years later, it's surprising to remember that Crash Diet were the first glam sleaze band to sign directly to a major label in the shape and form of Universal Records, proving that grunge hadn't killed the genre off. Actually, in the early noughties, grunge was pretty much going through its own death throes. Uh, it seems that if Crash Dark didn't have any bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck at all. New singer Ollie Herman left to concentrate on his other band, Reckless Love, his replacement. Simon Cruz left in the middle of their 2015 Japanese tour, not before their manager, Michael Sudden, who I counted as a friend, suddenly died in 2013. However, some good news. The band announced last week that Crash Diet have recruited Gabriel Keys as their full singer with his debut gig on March the 30th in Stockholm. I'm afraid details on what he did beforehand aren't forthcoming, well, in English anyway. Uh, from where it all began, this is Right and Everyone from live sleaze. All right.
Jävligt snyggt här uppe från alla klappar hennes här. Är ni med allihopa då? Nu ska vi skönsången. Remaining in Scandinavia with Ghost, who have just released the live album Ceremony and Devotion. There's been an upheaval in the Ghost camp over the last 18 months. We used to, Papa Emerus, allegedly being replaced every album, but it seems the whole of the original nameless ghouls that back him have been banished, if not excommunicated. On my Facebook page, I've been aware that a section of hardcore fans aren't happy with the way things are going. On the other hand, I'm liking it. Live and studio, two different kettles of fish. I'll reserve judgment for when the new album comes out.
I sort of see where the hardcore ghost fans are coming from on the strength of that. So, The Damned played their first gig with the returning bassist Paul Gray at the BBC Maida Vale Studios last Friday. It was broadcast live on BBC Six Music, obviously. I didn't attend or hear, as I didn't win tickets, and as was, as you know, feeding my face at my firm's expense. Fortunately, for us UK licence fee payers, it was available on the iPlayer, which, of course, I grabbed the audio from. As was rumoured, a a new track was aired, Standing on the Edge of Tomorrow, which is going to be released as a single in January. Whether it will be an actual 7-inch or just a digital download, I don't know. Hopefully the former. I listened to it from behind the sofa in the manner of watching Doctor Who when I was a kid because I was scared I wasn't going to like it. But I did like it, with me absentmindedly humming the chorus over the next few days, which is always a good sign. It definitely leans towards the Strawberries era. I'd like to to dedicate this next song to John Peel, who was uh, so, you know, he was such a great DJ, and he helped uh, a lot of us out who would have never been played on the radio back then, I think, so. He was the first person to play Happy Talk. He was. Oh, well. (laughs) He was. I've gone off of him. (laughs) Yeah. He's not here to play this, this is our new single. Um, I'm sure he would have liked it. Um, it's for- a tough one because we've only, we've only actually... We're not even sure we know it, but we're going to play it anyway. <laughs> Do you know it? I'm, I'm not sure myself. We, we, anyway, let's give it a we've go. We've done one rehearsal, so here we go. That's probably- <laughs> Good. 
There goes brand new. Thank you, Robert. Okay. My favourite live damned album has to be Live at Shepparton, 1980, swiftly followed by Live in Newcastle. Uh, I've got the whole gig on cassette tape somewhere. Uh, and then the uh, Lyceum one. I'm surprised Roger Armstrong hasn't released the whole of the Shepparton gig, Black Album cassette mix, of course. You know, maybe for the 40th anniversary. Talking of 40th anniversaries as we were, Richard Hell and the Voyards. Blank Generation LP has just been given the anniversary makeover. Like me, I'm sure it's an album you've already got. So obviously it has to feature some carrots for us to part with our hard-earned cash. Well, the reissue has been remastered by Original Engineer and uh, includes a second disc of previously unreleased alternate takes, single-only tracks, and <coughs> he says choking rare live tracks recorded at the band's first CBGB's performance in 1976 and this is one of them love comes in spurts pass me the water matron Message from Uber Glucifer fan Alla, who you'll be unsurprised to learn I'm at a Glucifer gig, not over here but in Cologne on the band's 2005 farewell tour. Anyway, she asked if I could proofread her Glucifer bio on the website she hosts, glucifer.net if you're interested, as she wanted to make sure her English was up to spec. Now, her English is better than my German by a country mile. And with my borderline dyslexia, the squirrel almost pissed herself laughing that someone would trust me with this task. It's not as easy as you might think. It was all there, but some phrases weren't literal, so I just had to tweak them without making them sound my own. I did learn 
that the band's first record was done on a pig farm. Two bona fide classic live albums come from the Ramones 
and Motorhead with It's Alive and No Sleep Till Hammersmith, respectively. Which, like Blank Generation, I know you've already got. No Sleep in 2001, though, was given the two-CD treatment with additional live tracks for years. The Squirrel thought that the gig was recorded at Hammersmith Odin. It wasn't. It was split between Leeds and Newcastle, with the tour not actually doing Hammersmith at all. Could be worse, she might have thought that the Ramones were really all brothers. It wasn't until Richie joined that she said, just how big is this family for me to point the truth out? Here's Over the Top from Motorhead, which will be swiftly followed by the brothers and Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World.
Round about this time of year, I always play Slade. No, not that one, as I said this time last year. But Rock and Roll Preacher, the live version from the Ruby Red Double 7 inch pack, because it seriously rocks. For the casual Slade fan who thinks they're just what you hear on the radio, this is a real eye opener. Join together this rock and this roll in your holy contact. 
Welcome, brethren, to the evening service for what you are about to receive. May the Lord help you. So, with all the live stuff out of the way, I'd better get airing the last UK subs track from their two double A-sided singles that I've been playing over the last three weeks. This is Master of the Still, which I think was written by guitarist Stephen Strawhan. <laughs> Yo, I'm yo. 
album that I almost forgot to get hold of was the new one from Helsinki Garage Merchants Hard Action. Hot Wire Beat hit the real and virtual record stores at the beginning of the month Vice Vart Records, and it's exactly how I like my garage rock. Of course, I'm going to play you something for your consideration. This is May, and it's going to round off this week's show. And so until next week, take it easy. Why can't I be silent?